The Pinball Network is online. Launching the Aussie Pinball Podcast. Hello. I'm finally back, episode 17, after a bit of a hiatus. And this episode, we're covering a recent trip I did down to Newcastle yet again with one Jesse J to attend Australia's premier pinball show event, Pinfest. It's Australia's longest running show with over 100 machines, all available on free play and open to the public. It attracted five legends of pinball manufacturing, some in their own minds, some for real. And you'll hear all about them. We had new games, we had old games. But overall, a great weekend was held for all attendees. We get to hear from Mike from Homepin again. We hear from Jersey Jack. We hear from AMD, special guests, organisers. So I hope you enjoy the show. Here we go. And just in case you weren't aware, the music playing in the background, the love theme from The Godfather. We'll recognise that as the newest game there. And we'll close with a song about Venom. But I'll have to put that in the end because there may be some swears in it. Anyway, on with the show. Welcome back to the Aussie Pinball Podcast, our very first guest. I think you were the very first guest I had. I think I was, episode yeah. one. Jess yeah. J from Newcastle. Why do we always go back to Newcastle on this podcast? I think that's because Newcastle is the spiritual home of pinball in Australia, John spiritual and physical it turns out because we just got back from the extraordinary pin fest yes we did it's held every year in newcastle i think this was number 12 actually let's do some counting i went to the first pin fest in 2012 that's now you do maths and decide do you count that year exactly that's why i paused for a second because i thought <laughs> oh hang on a second which depends which month it was held in um, so I think 12, that sounds about right. I think about right. Okay, tell me, how did it compare to the very first one? That's a good question, John, because the very first pin fest I attended, the inaugural pin fest, I, was, I told a few people this story this weekend, but I rode my bicycle from Newcastle to Caves Beach, which is where it was being held at the time. Caves Beach is ordinarily about a 30-minute drive away, so it was quite a long bike ride. Um, and I did that so that I could drink some orange cruises when I got to the venue. For it's anyone that's 12, not Australian, yeah, I was about 12 yeah. years old. An yeah. orange cruiser is like a sugary orange vodka drink in a little bottle. I don't think I got smashed, but I certainly had a couple of beverages, which may have clouded my memory. But no, pin, first Pinfest was wonderful. And one of the things that I remember about that was being amazed by how many machines there were and the sheer variety of them and really having a pretty magical moment playing a Tommy. I'd never seen a Tommy before. And when the blinds came over and, and covered the flippers, I went, oh, my God, it's this is incredible. And it really kind of opened my mind to the possibility of mechs in pinball machines. 
So it was really fun. I don't remember it being particularly busy. And at that time, the format was kind of just you bought a ticket and you had all day entry. Um, as we saw this weekend, times have changed quite a bit because there's been so much interest in PinFest that they, and post-COVID, um, there's sort of more limited sessions now. So we may get into that at some point. But compared to PinFest 1, both were amazing. This one blew my mind in terms of attendance and how popular it was. Yep. I, over 800 people attended throughout the weekend. The number. And the tickets for it sold out in four hours. That's am- I heard five hours, but oh. either way, that's incredible. Don't ruin my exaggeration. I've told you a million times not to tell me off for exaggerating. Well, my source for the five-hour figure was actually Marty Robbins of Haggis. So, you know, far be it for me to pit you two against (laughs) one another. Which one's correct? (laughs) I'm going to start some pinball beef just for fun. Um, Yeah, four or five. Look, that's amazing. I was actually thinking about this yesterday because I saw the incredible figure of money that was raised for Jenny's Place, which is a DV refuge in Newcastle that do incredible work. And I'm not going to say the number yet because I feel like that's a little – tidbit to get to later but it's freaking huge and we, we can say it now i mean the whole idea of pin fest is one get together play pinball two get to know each other and those who love pinball and three raise money for charity so Jen's place as you said the yeah, domestic violence refuge for women go on what was the magic number that they released well the only reason I said maybe you want to talk about later is because I thought you might want to, like, you have a little preamble and build the tension up a bit. So I'll just do it for you. Yeah. Um, the reason I mentioned the limited session numbers is I didn't know it was, would have been 800, but that sounds about right because it was packed. Um, I sort of did a bit of quick mental math and thought, oh, with the tickets and, you know, some raffle sales, maybe it'll be about 10 grand, right? And that would be an excellent result because, as we know, a lot of refuges are either under – funded or not funded at all by the uh, government. Um, I don't know about Jenny's place, but, you know, I imagine they probably don't get a ton of money. Pinfest raised an absolutely incredible $21,000 in one weekend for that refuge, which is just an absolutely incredible result. It blew my mind. Like, I just sat there mouth agape looking at the post from the Pinball Association going, that's amazing. And how great is our community that we pulled that off? Because that's huge. That is yeah. absolutely huge. So well done, everyone that attended and opened their wallets and, you know, bought a raffle ticket or whatever. That's just incredible. It's amazing. I actually had a chat to uh, Kate, who is the organiser. The interesting thing about the, the organisers who do PinFest is they have – People allocated to gathering machines like Marco. They have people uh, allocated to the media. And they had Kate, who was responsible for uh, getting the poll. So all the pinball contributors do a poll on what charities they would like to support. So she organised that and gets the charity together and gets to turn up. I'll just play the interview now. So I'm here with... Kate Bowman. Hello, Kate. G'day, John. Kate is uh, one of the unluckiest people at PinFest. <laughs> she gets stuck behind a desk selling merch and behind the scenes is heavily responsible for organising the charity and the money that goes to the charity. And who's this year's charity? It's Jenny's Place, which is a women's domestic violence, well, women's and children's domestic violence and homelessness uh, refuge. And they also provide other supports for women experiencing domestic violence. So a very good charity oh, to support. 
lovely. And you do get out from behind the desk every now and again because you snuck a few games on the new bed, I'm honest. Yeah, I did, yes. Have you been involved in pinball long? Uh, well, I've loved pinball for a very long time, but I have only been uh, affiliated with the Newcastle Pinball Association for the last three years okay. um, through my partner, right. who was already a member of the association. Another pinhead. Yeah. I thought, you're not doing anything, let's drag her in and make her do all this stuff. That's yeah. good. But I don't mind at all. I love being on the merch stand and yeah. I, I love flogging off gravel tickets because it's all for charity, but also it's the first place people walk in the door and you get to, you know, smile, good morning, welcome them in, and everybody's friendly. So it's not so bad being stuck behind the merch stand at all. No, it's nice. And I like it. Big family groups. There's so many people bringing their kids along. Yes. Very relaxed environment. We share the intergenerational trauma in people. <laughs> Is that just the cost? <laughs> <laughs> the outgoing money is the trauma. Yeah, no, I think it's going really well. It's a great show. Um, anything Anything need to change next year? Do you need less people, more people? Um, I reckon the numbers are pretty good. good. They've, they've kind of, I mean, unless we move to a different venue, there's always people that tick, like who miss out on tickets. We sold out in oh. only a few hours this year. Amazing. Um, it's always very popular. But I think in terms of the actual number of people in each session, I think it's a good mix because you don't have to queue too long. You can usually find a pinball to play without having to wait. Um, the, the brand new release games are always more popular, obviously, and you're going to queue to play Venom if you've never play, played that before. But um, generally, you don't have to wait too long, so it's a good, a good size, good amount of... Have you ever gone Godfather yet? I did, yes. Okay. What's your favourite between Godfather and Venom? Pick a favourite child, you've got to pick. Oh, look, off the top of my head, I'd say Venom, but only because I've only played both of them like two quick games, so I haven't really gotten enough into the role, like, sorry, the rules and the modes to really, you know, pick the uh, favourite based on gameplay yet. So mm. they're both very impressive looking machines, they are. totally different sort very. of art styles and everything. So, yeah, they're both heaps of fun. Very pretty. All yeah. right. And so the charity people are arriving in a few minutes. They are. Do you get to hand over a novelty check today or is that sorted <laughs> out giant later? giant novelty check. So yeah. we've got more than one um, giant novelty check to hand over. So one, one comes from the Pimble Association, but we don't actually give our money until after the event because we've got to, you know, count all the money and get all that sorted. Um, pay all the bills before we know how much profit we've got left. But today, AMD, the Pimble Distributing um, Company, yes, will be handing over their joint novelty checks. So they will be receiving some money today, but Excellent. from the NPA, it'll be later on. Later on, yeah. okay. <laughs> All right, let's get back to manning the desk, selling the merch, flogging it off. Thanks, John. And playing some games when you can. Yeah, come down and buy some more raffle tickets. Great. All right, <laughs> see you. ya. There you go, the lovely Kate. She did such a good job all weekend. 100%. I remember seeing Kate behind the desk, like, the whole weekend. And I also spotted her having a couple of games of Venom, but she was absolutely working hard. So no surprise we got a great result with someone like her steering the ship. That's really awesome. And the raffles had at least three or four raffles, I remember. We had a Fathom uh, back glass. We had this beautiful cutting board that someone had made with wooden resin and pop bumper caps. I wanted that one. That was cool. (laughs) That's the one that went first too, and I remember thinking you'd be mad not to choose the Fathom back glass. But then when I looked at it a bit more closely, that is a pretty cool prize. They've some great stuff. Wasn't there also like a a, a DMG? 
to DMD Extender, I should say. Um, yeah. yeah, no, great money raising. Now, the other thing I liked about it is they thought, because the tickets sold out so fast, they had the special room at the front. Yeah. So there's nothing worse than saying to your kids, oh, look, there's a pinball thing on this weekend, let's go and play. And your kids get all excited and you get there and they say, it's sold out, you can't play any pinball. You're the yep. worst parents in the world. So what they did this year was they put a room at the front with six, eight games in it, I think, and yep. anyone could go in and play them. You didn't have to have a ticket. They were all on free play, uh, which is just a brilliant idea. Absolutely brilliant, I thought. Totally agree, and especially having them on free play. And that that room was full occupancy pretty much all weekend as well, and I saw a couple of groups especially family groups, like you said, people who had obviously attended on the hop and unfortunately didn't have a ticket, you know, being able to spend time playing a couple of games without having to outlay anything and just having a ball. Everyone in there looked like they were having really fun, a lot of fun. And it was, the room was extra special because it had uh, Marco's pinball timeline in it. The legendary pinball timeline. And Jesse discovered a new game to play, which was find out when you were born. Oh, I thought you were going to talk about your game. No, 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 no. my game's old news. Uh, find out when you were born and see what game was made. Now, what is the freaky Twilight Zone, not pinball game, Twilight Zone coincidence with the game that was made in when you were born? Was It fun- It was Funhouse, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, and what's so special about Funhouse? Funhouse is special because it is my husband's favourite pinball machine. And the fact that I get to say that is so great because when I first met my husband, he wasn't really a pinball guy. Um, But clearly I was so compelling about selling pinball and the associated community that goes with it that I I did a really good job because he then bought a Mandalorian, which is in our lounge room. Um, And he's since made lots and lots of pin friends and has even competed in some comps. But anytime we travel, we go anywhere, you know, he's American. So we've been to some wonderful venues there in Chicago, San Francisco, you know, places that have 50 pinball machines to play, he will always gravitate towards a fun house first. So, that yes, that was a little bit of a little sprinkle of karmic love. Yay. And, of course, luckily the timeline went across about three walls because I had to go way, way back to find out the game that was made when I was born. What is your birth pin? I can't remember. It's, it's an EM. It's a one-player EM. But anyway. You can't remember. You're just not saying it. Because I don't want to say. I don't want to date myself that much. But that was fun. <laughs> one thing I did do is you just randomly went up in the street and grabbed people and said, you've got to come to a pinball show. That's right. Yeah. You, you sort of knew them, though. You bought them. You bought some friends. And what I wanted to do the with them. Yeah, is speak to some people that had never been to a pinball show before to find out their experiences. So I interviewed them both before and after having been there for a couple of hours. So we had Lachlan and Spencer. So we grabbed one of your friends at random and had a chat before he went in. This one is Lachlan. I have a chap here called Lachlan. Hey. Who is a game designer. Yep. What sort of games? Um, I work in virtual reality. Uh, specifically, um, I make a gun simulation uh, virtual reality game oh, cool. uh, with a company here in Newcastle. What platform? Uh, oh, every every platform. Okay. Uh, uh, from from Oculus Quest to okay. PC VR. Uh, nice. Uh, PlayStation Four. Okay. Uh, so you, there's money in your industry. Yeah. <laughs> there's no money in this industry. Do you know anything about pinball? 
Uh, just little bits and pieces. Yep. Um, uh, uh, nothing specifically. I've just kind of, you know, played at, uh, you know, uh, uh, when you go to a pub and there's a pinball machine. I okay. play a little bit of that. Um, yep. Uh, uh, my friend uh, uh, Jesse uh, saw me bits and pieces about it. He always enthusiastically loves to share his hand. Okay. So, first pinball show. Yep. Right. First pinball show ever. So, I'm getting your preconceived ideas yep. and then versus reality after you've okay. been there for a little bit. Yep. What do you think is going to be happening in a pinball show? Oh, that's a good question. I'm, I'm just imagining a lot of machines and a lot of uh, very enthusiastic players. Good. Uh, How many machines would you consider worthy of the admission price? How many do you think they should be in there? Oh, that's a good question. Like, I don't know. Just um, at least, I don't know, was it like 30 bucks? 30, 30 bucks, 30 machines. Yeah, 30 All right. machines. That's good. And yeah. what eras? How, when did they make the first machine, do you know? I have no idea when they made the first That's machine. That's good. And uh, when was the last, what's, what do you think is the most current machine in there? Uh, like a year or two ago. Okay, cool. Yeah. All right, I'm going to let you go in. Yeah. And I'm going to chat to you again. Yep. And you'll be all starry. Yeah, I feel like that is very... Um... That's just very classic Lachlan. Like, he's not asking for too much, is he? <laughs> <laughs> just value for money. That's yeah. all. But he's it's really good. I mean, guy. He's, it, he doesn't ask for much. <laughs> so let's hear from Spencer's first opinion before he walked in the doors. And I'm here with another newbie. I've got to break in newbies into the <laughs> pinball world. What's your name again? Spencer. Spencer. Hello, Spencer. I'm John. So you've never been to a pinball show, show before in your life? No, never. Okay, all right. You've had a quick look in there? Yeah, so I've, I've played one game and I'm, I'm back out. What game was that? Uh, it was like a really vintage um, pool table one. Like it was set okay. up like a pool table. Nice. Because every time I meet people who are new to pinball, I go, oh, there's a pinball machine at the caravan park we stayed in. It was really good. I say, what was yeah. it called? They go, no idea. Uh-huh. I go, what was the picture on the back glass? Uh, was there one? Like, <laughs> <laughs> well, we, So I, I work at a pub that, that rotates pinball machines. So cool. we've got the... Foo Fighters one. Nice. We usually get all like the big rock band ones because we we have live music. Not so excellent. had the ACDC, the Metallica, the Foo Fighter one. Excellent. So you're getting all the new ones. That's yeah, nice. Yeah. And uh, you've had a quick look in the room. And I was just saying to Spencer, how many games would he consider should be at a show to make it value for money? How many do you reckon there should be versus how many there are? Um. I think honestly, I, I'm not sure about the amount, but when I when I heard it was like kind of free play, that was when I was like, oh yeah, that's that's I'm awesome. Yeah. yeah, that's I think being able to play all of them for free, kind of was like the selling point rather than the amount. Yeah, okay. And um, how many are there? A hundred? Hundred two. Hundred two. Yeah, that's a secret. Um, there are. Uh, and is the newness of the game important to you as a new attendee, or is it just the volume? Probably just the volume. I, I, I mean, I wouldn't play one that I've played before. I mean, there's probably only five or six pinball machines I've played before. So I just wouldn't go back to those ones. But, yeah, definitely just, like, different things and trying trying games I haven't played before and stuff okay. like that. All right. That's cool. Well, I'll let you go in and play, and then I'll chat to you at the end and get your thoughts on what a pinball show is like. Yeah, awesome. Great, great. Thanks for that. Oh, the other thing is you are the Whirlpool, the Whirlpool King, King of Newcastle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What did you do? Uh, so I had a... I had a silly post on the internet once where I was asking how many people it would take to uh, do a whirlpool in the ocean baths in Newcastle. Uh, and uh, How big are these baths? How many metres? It's like a 50 metre pool or bigger? No, it's it's bigger. It's probably like, I'd imagine it's like two Ooh. pools stacked together. Like, right. um, but the, the breakfast radio hosts here, Nick, Jess and Ducko, uh, loved the idea. So they, they um, gathered the troops using radio and um, 
think we think we got like 200, 300 people there on a Friday morning and um, got everyone to spin in a circle. We got a pretty decent current going. Yeah. I was actually surprised at how many people showed up, but yeah, it was pretty fun. So much you in the one pool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> good play. All right, good claim to fame, mate. I'll catch you in there. All right, cheers. We rarely speak to new attendees. Um, they're normally overwhelmed. And I was playing a game. I think you were playing with me. And the woman next to us tilted the machine and she looked up and went, oh, is that bad? And I yeah. said, no, it means you're trying, but you can't try that hard. And yes. she was happy. <laughs> they honestly have no idea. Uh, a lot of people pressing coin reject buttons to start the game, um, that sort of thing. But lots of families here, which is nice. So... We gave them a good two hours of running from machine to machine. And the good thing is, in the main hall, there was usually always a game free that you didn't have to queue up for. Yes. So we had the vendor hall uh, where all the new games were. So we had Stern, Jersey Jack, which was a bit of a surprise, Fathom and Home Pin all in the vendor hall. And then we had the main hall with all varying machines. Um, So we'll listen to their views when they came out. Let's hear what Lachlan had to say because he hadn't been in at all before. See what he says. I'm so excited. We're back with Lachlan. He's had two hours of solid pinball <laughs> at Pinball yep. in Newcastle. So, did it meet your expectations? Oh, ex- exceeded. Exceeded. Good. I'm loving it. <laughs> did you count um, all the games? Uh, I did not count them all. 102. 102. 102. Yeah. So. It definitely getting. Um, oh, it's just like. Uh, at first, I was like, oh, yeah, like, you know, went, went into that first room, into the second room as well. I was like, oh, my, like, I've just had, like, my eyes wide open the whole time, just staring at everything, just trying to take it all in, but it's just everywhere. It's amazing. It's good. I'm loving it. It's amazing. Now, yeah. as a gamer and yeah. game designer, when you go yeah. up to a pinball machine, is it obvious what you have to do? To an extent, there's a certain level of, like, there's there's certain, uh, depending on the, you know, depending on the game as well, um, like you can tell that there's things that happen in response to things. Yep. Um, and what they are is sometimes a bit esoteric, but at the same time, that's kind of the fun of it. Like you're getting in, it, it's like the first playthrough, you're like, oh yeah, so this is doing that. And then as you keep going through, you want to, you start thinking like, oh, I want to get this and get that and start like making uh, making the plays, I guess. Yep. Um, so, so there's a little like three to four categories of people on the machine. There's the old one with the score reels on the back. Yes. Yeah. There's the ones that have the numeric displays. Yeah. And then there's the ones with either the dot matrix or the LCD screen. Yeah. Which do you feel your preference would be towards if you had to buy one? Oh, that's a good question. Um, probably. There's a charm to the older ones, like the 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 ones with the like the the spinning tickers, or just like the because I played one of the I think it was like some like NFL one over like one of the really old like oh I could tell like you know yeah. don't know exactly from when. the sixties yes the 60s. yeah yep and I was like oh this is, you know it was it was the first one I played I was like oh yeah this is a bit like almost slower than I'm expecting but it like had a I don't know a charm to it that was like things would. Uh, uh, you could feel the mechanicalness of it yeah. even more. And um, the amazing thing about those games, yeah. if you ever get into lifting them up and looking underneath, all the programming is done with on-off reloads. Yeah, yeah. Just and the, the stuff <laughs> they could do in yeah. a series on is it's just extraordinary. Yeah. yeah, that kind of stuff. Like, um, uh, I've seen there was two of. I think I've seen two or three different machines being opened up to be make, uh, like maintained, repaired, or whatever. Yeah. Um, as is the, the nature of physical things. Um, so maintaining. Yeah. yeah, and like looking at the underneath of them, I was like, I, I was just that was because uh, like I'm a programmer, 
primarily um and seeing that stuff and knowing what just like the bare wires achieves is ins- like yeah. insane to me and that that kind of stuff i'd really love to like nothing but admiration yeah. for those yes. guys in the yeah. 50s and 60s yeah hey, did you go up on stage and look at the really no, old ones that's, that's right. on my to-do list okay um, so when you go up yeah. there you'll see the machines have a series of nails in them yeah you'll plunge yeah. the ball and it bounces off the pins yeah and goes yeah. into holes hence the term yeah pinball pinball that's yeah. where it came from just in case you want yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's no pins on yeah. this game there are on the old ones yeah. so that's where it came from so you did you got over to the stern mm. side and saw the brand new ones yes yeah um venom james yeah, bond uh, or jurassic park yeah, so uh, played Venom. Right. The newer room up the front there was uh, just played Celts. Okay. Um, yes. Cool. Yeah. Yep. So good old um, Aussie machine. Yeah. Yeah. That, um, both good fun. Like um, those were like, particularly Venom was really fast. Mm-hmm. Like the, the way when you did one of those big loops, yep. and it like just gives you the the ball like completes right the away. loop straight away <laughs> for you instead of like watching it go all the way around. I was like, oh yeah, you got to be on like you've got to be on top of it. Yeah. Um, and it, 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 it that brought similar feelings of like. You know, when I was younger and playing like Call of Duty games and stuff, and you got to be doing the, like the snap, snap yeah. motions and yeah. having those, those reactions keyed in. So you'd be pleased um, to know with Venom, what yeah. they've done is they've tried to make it a bit more computer gamey. By mm. you may not have noticed on the screen, but as you play, you level up. Yeah, I was noticing that. Yeah. Was so like, what happens is as you level up, the tasks get easier to defeat, mm. and you can unlock new characters. Does that sound familiar? Uh, yeah, that, yeah, that, that's uh, yeah, that, that's very modern. Yeah. <laughs> so Dwight's a big, big board yeah. gamer and computer gamer, yeah. and he's the programmer in yeah. charge. So he's trying to bring that more into pinball. Yeah. Which is just new. Yeah. <laughs> and exciting, I yeah. think. Some traditionalists may go, oh, it's a bit But it will yeah. imagine it in your home. Yeah. You're leveling up, and the other thing it does, it's got the Insider Connect scanning. Mm. So if I play this game here, now yeah. I go home to the Gold Coast, and I oh, play yeah. there, I'll yeah. be on the same level oh. that I left on here. Very Bringing it all up into the... Bring it up to the yeah. 1990s. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> early 2000s. Okay. Early yeah. 2005, so that's a good compliment. But no, yeah, that's great. Um, yeah, I love that. That's that's cool. Um, yeah, as like... Man. I, I, yeah, because I didn't realise it was like to that extent as well. That's really cool. It's new. Uh, brand yeah. new to us, yeah. Debbie yeah. played Spinal Tap. No, not yet. That, I was looking at that next and I was like, it was one of those, like, because we were just doing Celts and right yep. next to it was Spinal Tap and yep. we're like in the line kind of yeah. for both and we're like, oh, Celts open, let's go for that. And then, uh, All right. I'll let you get yeah. back in, but don't go. Don't forget yep. to go up on stage. Have a look at the original yes. pinballs. Oh, those are here from the 30s and 40s. Yeah. And uh, Lyndon from the Australian Pinball Machine brings them all the way from nil. Yeah. Down to Victoria up to here for people to play. Yeah. But thanks for your time, mate. Thank you very Glad much. you're having fun. Yeah. See ya. Here you go. So very enthusiastic and happy. Love the games. So wholesome. So wholesome. <laughs> I thought Locke would be a really good candidate for an interview because of his game design background. And I'm really, first of all, points to Lachlan for using the word esoteric correctly in a sentence very impressive to just throw that one in there off the cuff good on your lock he lachlan's very thoughtful in the way that he talks about games and we all kind of collectively refer to him as the game king because he knows the rules to every game that exists like you can have a rudimentary game like past the pigs which we're all obsessed with and he knows the rules or you can pick something incredibly complex and he knows the rules to that too so i was interested in getting his take as someone who would probably have a bit of an inherent understanding of rules in pinball because that's something that's really new to people right so obviously he picked up on some of that but even someone like lachlan who has that game knowledge still 
doesn't really understand the full depth of pinball rules because he just hasn't had that exposure. So I think it's also a really interesting example of how deep pinball has become and how, I don't want to say inaccessible, but maybe that is the right word. Um, Some games are in terms of their rule depth. Anyway, maybe that's a conversation for another time. I'm just delighted that he had so much fun and what a fun little chat you had. Yep. Now, the next bit, I had a chat with Mike from Home Pin. Right, so I get to spend a little bit of time out here with the the most infamous man in pinball. I'm going to go infamous. You need villains. That's what you are. You're a villain. Thanks. That's great. (laughs) Usually the villains are bank robbers and they've got plenty of money. That doesn't doesn't apply. You're not a good villain. (laughs) That's true. Obviously failing there. Uh, So Mike's back again. Always support Pinfest, which is wonderful. He's bought his prototype. This is Spinal Tap, using the correct... uh, Title for the game? Well, this is Spinal Tap Pinball. Oh, proper title. I yeah. left. I left off the yeah, That's right. right. This is one. And I've got a croaky voice because it's been a long weekend talking to lots of people. So uh, excuse the croaky voice. That's right. How are the machines holding up? Oh, we had a few issues because unfortunately, what I hadn't been told by the local uh, people who are holding those machines is that they don't have the current software in them. They didn't tell me that. And. Um, and they are actually the first two prototype machines that we had here last year, so I'm a little bit disappointed in that. Um, but, you know, it is what it is, and uh, we've, managed yeah, to, we've managed to keep them going for the weekend. One of them is now down because I'm just not going to fix it. But uh, one's working beautifully, that's great, even though it's got old code and it's the first prototype. Okay. We've done lots of things to upgrade it and tweak it in this past 12 months. But it is what it is, and um, it's better than no machine here, that's correct. Sure. When's production start? Oh, we've, we've been building them now for several months. I've still got pictures, yeah. We've shipped machines to several countries, um, and they've appeared around the place. Good. Uh, newer versions of this one, obviously. We had a, a good shakedown on these last year, and we went home and uh, changed lots of, mostly little things, yep. here, there, and everywhere. And, uh, as everything with pinball, there's always a hundred tiny things. It's not usually one or two big things. It's lots of little things that give you the trouble. Yeah, yeah. And you're happy with the show here in general and the response? Oh, uh, uh, this year, I think it's extremely polished compared with previous years. I mean, I've, I've been involved since the second year of Pinfest at Cave Beach. And um, uh, that's every year bar the first year. And um, yeah, I've seen the dedication of the guys and the... Uh, the professionalism that they they show, and this one is by far and away the most professional show uh, probably think, that ever I've seen. Do you think they've outgrown this venue? Uh, no, I think the venue's ideal, to be honest. It's the right size. The boys came here. They were very reluctant here at first. I'm sure the boys will be able to tell you more detail than I can, but um, they were shoved in a sort of a dodgy, dingy downstairs basement room here the first year, and uh, it was pretty cramped, but it was incredibly successful and management very quickly saw that, that every lunch sold out and beers were sold all day and, and the, um, the accommodation was totally solid, booked out all weekend and they went, okay, that's a good thing and there was no problem, the cops didn't have to be called and there were no punch-ups, uh, no visible ones anyway. And uh, they upgraded the boys to the, uh, to the big room and, and with the bar area that they now open all the time and it's I think it's a perfect venue to be yes, honest I mean anywhere bigger and and you'd have problems firstly filling it mm. uh, secondly this this is quite central you've got all the facilities you need you can get drinks you can get food you can get accommodation it suits me particularly because we book well we actually book when we check out 
for next year. Oh, wow. Uh, next so, soon, yeah. A bit of a funny story. As we were checking in this time, my missus said, oh, do you want to book for next year? I said, we haven't even booked in. We haven't even checked in for this year yet. <laughs> <laughs> so she's right on the job with that. And uh, just as a, as a bit of a plus for the boys, the, the accommodation sells out like nine months in advance for this venue. Yeah. And people, I speak to people like six months in advance and they're crying at me saying, oh, the place is booked, I can't even get anywhere to stay. Mm. So that speaks for itself. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's, it's, I just think it's great. I think it's if they move somewhere else, they'd lose a lot of the atmosphere as well. And the thing I've noticed is not a lot of familiar faces. So there are a lot of new people coming well, through. Well, it's good. The, their target audience is not pinball people. Very much like my target audience. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. And watch this space for next year because I'll have exactly the right machine that targets non-pinball people. And, um, and, you'll, be, you know, look, the market, and you'll be taking that to Chicago. No, absolutely. To and hoping to sell it to non-pinball people. The, the, the key takeaway is that, that pinball enthusiasts are very energetic and very, very uh, involved in what they do and as are uh, you know, car collectors, stamp collectors, any any group of people are totally involved in what they do. Um, there's plenty of companies currently that cater to those people. You've got Stern and Spooky and JJP and, and many, many others that are catering to those people. It's no point me trying to compete with those same people. I just aren't, I'm just not going to do that. It's pointless. Yep. Um, and those people have got much choice at the moment. They, they've got the best choice ever in pinball. And I'm hoping to widen that choice by making a whole different machine, and our next machine will prove that. I mean, Spinal Tap's our current production. Our next machine I've just cemented by paying the deposit for the license, cool. and um, it will, um, I hope, appeal to non-pinball people. I, I know the license will. It's an extremely well, generally known license, and um, and we intend to make it a more, uh, let's say, man cave-friendly machine. Approach what the game yeah. is, and, and kept the price down as well, which. In my opinion, the price of new machines is just ridiculous, including Spinal Tap. I don't back away from that. And a lot of that is, is licensing fees and development fees and just general problems and getting it together. And It's not just manufacturers ripping people off, as some seem to think or, or mention. That's just rubbish. Yeah. Uh, the costs involving making a machine are just astronomical. Um, because it's such a low-volume thing, even Stern making two or 3,000 of each model is pathetically low volumes when you're talking about manufacturing. You know, if you talk about a new uh, Mazda 6, they're making half a million of them. Uh, and that's a whole different ball game. Yeah. And, um, you know, making, in our case, making 500 machines is piddly, it's nothing. It's, it's Not for the person making them. <laughs> well, it's, no, no, it's a lot of work for us, but it's a, it's a huge amount of development work and investment in license fees and so on mm. for such a tiny potential, yep. you know, sales volume and it's just it just isn't there and uh, that's that is missed or overlooked a lot by people who who don't see that bigger picture yeah and uh, and even to get some of these licenses it, it's difficult uh, I know some of the larger companies have had difficulty getting some licenses because their volume is so low and the license always simply the, the licensees look at it and go well, why would we give you a license when you're going to make a thousand machines mm -hmm. that's pathetic go away now come back when you're making ten thousand coffee cups. Yeah, uh, lunch boxes. That's that's yeah. exactly what they want to license, right. and they take twenty cents each, and that's what they understand. Most of the licensed people simply don't understand pinball for a start, so there's a hurdle there to, to jump over talking to them about that. 
It's good. No, we appreciate it. And again, thank you for your support here. Get back into it. Get the crowds going. Sure. Well, you know, <laughs> takes, I'm glad to see that there's such a diverse bunch of manufacturers represented here. I mean, pretty much everybody's here, and including the, the heads of them, those companies, which is fantastic. And that, that alone, to me, uh, as a long-term supporter, proves that this event is obviously on the world stage the now. When you, when you sure. have Jersey Jack and Gary Stern... For a start, both yep. here. Yep. I mean, that speaks volumes. Yep. Yep. Uh, forget me, I'm a nobody in the business oh, compared yep. with the rest of these guys. Mm. But you know, now I told Damien got... he should be in the front holding the chalkboard. Maybe he should. <laughs> I, mean, not, Damien, I mean, you've got the classic photo that, that you'll yeah. probably put on your yeah. Facebook page or something that's already there uh, that we took yesterday with yep. the five manufacturers, including David Hankin. Just unbelievable. Where else can you take a picture like that in the world? No. You know, really. And where will you ever get the opportunity again? Probably exactly. Never. I mean, that's yeah. incredible, and that yeah. that speaks volumes for the quality of this it's of this event, yeah. so and the fact that it sold out the tickets in just over five hours yeah. is just unbelievable. So true. And um, fantastic news. Well, mate, back into it. Thank you for your time. No problem. Bye. See ya. So that that was Mike from Hoping. Now it's interesting. He talks about his games designed for people who don't play pinball. So. Coincidentally, I had to chat to Spencer when he came out. So we'll hear what Spencer has to say. So Spencer, you've had a chance to experience your first pinball show. Initial thoughts? Yeah, I've been in there for about two hours. Um, it's pretty fun. It's so loud. I was like not prepared. It didn't occur to me that every machine would be on and running. So it's kind of like you're getting blasted a little bit by the by the noise. Um, but it's fun. Like there's so many different machines that like, and like really new ones and then really old ones. And yeah, it's such an interesting mix. Have you got a favorite yet? I really liked, um, me and my partner were playing the, the battle pinny. Two the player. soccer one. Yeah. Yep. There's like a soccer one where you're like yep. almost versing each other and playing Great. pinball at the same time. Uh, I thought that was cool. I've never seen anything like that. Yep. So and like, the one next door is made by an Australian guy who just made it for fun because you can't get the battle pinnings anymore. Yeah, they were, they were it seemed super rare. They were a complete failure because no one wanted to use up that <laughs> much room. Well, that's what it was saying because it said it was available for purchase and I was like, oh, you can't even put this up against a wall in your house. It's like no. got to be dead center like a pool table or something. Yes, yeah, bad. And you got to play an Australian-made game. There's a number of Australian-made games. Well, made in Taiwan, but by an Australian. Spinal Tap. As a yeah. non-pinball aficionado, what do you think of Spinal Tap? Well, I, I love the Spinal Tap movie, so I think that's what drew me to it. Uh, it was it was pretty fun. I think it's, yeah, it's definitely, like, a visual um, a delight. Just, yeah, I, I love that movie. So just seeing all, like, the little references they've worked in and and stuff like that. Was and when you can exciting. hear it, it's even better. Yeah, 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 yeah. you get to hear the famous quotes that come yeah, out Yeah, they've got, the like, movie. actual clips from the movie and everything. Yeah, I thought yeah, it was... That's cool. I mean, yes, like, that's very visually appealing. Okay. And too crowded, not crowded. What, do you feel the right number of people in there? I think it's probably the right number. Like, you don't have to wait too long to play anything in particular. Yeah, like, I, I think it's good. Like, it's not, it's not too crazy in there. Like, I, I haven't had to, like, really wait more than you know, a few minutes Good. To, to play any particular game, which is cool. And do the games make sense as far as you walk up to a new game that you've never seen because you've seen the latest terms? Yeah, yeah. But you go into the other room where you've got some older ones. Have you played any of the older score reel games yet? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I played the... There was, like, a full table one and, a, like, a old, like, NFL yep. American football one. Yep. Um, Could you work out what you're supposed to do? 
Yeah, yeah, I figured that. Finding the start button, because it was just like three <laughs> unlisted buttons on the front, so I was like, wasn't too sure about that, but... We get a lot of people kind of pressing the coin return. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Why, why is the game not starting? Yes. But one, yeah, other than finding the start button at all. It's an important thing. Well, that's cool. Well, you got quite a few hours ahead of you, I think, a few hours for this session. Yeah, Go in, play small games, longer. drink some beer, have some fun. Yeah, Good. thanks so much. Thanks for your time. There we go. Spinal Tap's the winner. So he's Mike's favourite man in the whole wide world now. <laughs> I mean, Spencer's also not only is he the Whirlpool King, he is the resident booker for one of our most, I'm going to say infamous um, live music venues in Newcastle. So massive music guy, obviously loves the movie, and theme counts for a lot, right? I think especially when you're new to pinball. I've talked extensively on my now defunct podcast about the inverse relationship between theme and fun in my preferences. Um, but when you're brand new, you know, you're not going, oh, this game's so fast or the rules are so great. You look at it and you go, I love Star Wars. I'm going to play that one. So, you know, definitely a bit of a niche theme that Mike's chosen, I guess, but the ones that love it really love it. Yeah, no, it's good. The um, the other thing that was there, did you get to play any of the homebrews? I actually didn't. I really wanted to pay, play the Hitchhikers game because it looked incredible. Like I just, I can't believe how far homebrews have come. It's really cool. Um, what what other homebrews were there besides? Actually, I played the Battle Pin. That counts. That was lots of fun. Yep. Yep. Um, I would like to note that I beat you at Battle Pin. You flogged me. You can say flog, yes. I flogged you. Look, can you tell how hard I'm trying not to say swears? I'm being so good tonight. I really want it's the young ready. ones to get into pinball and for their parents to have to not to have to edit what they're you, listening you've to. You've broken out in a sweat. Now, the um, <laughs> Hitchhiker's Guide of the Galaxy was absolutely fantastic. I've got the interview with Andrew. So I'm here at Pinfest with Andrew who is the homebrew pinball extraordinaire, according to me, <laughs> in my opinion, because I've just finished playing um, Hitchhiker's Guide of the Galaxy, which is, how long ago did you make that? That uh, project started nine years ago, um, about five years ago. I've finished Mark 1 prototype and then started on the actual game that is out there at the moment. And it's always going to be based on a PIN 2000 cabinet? No, that's where the, the change came. It just sort of basically too much, Hitchhikers has too much you know content. Great green arcle seizures <laughs> and Marvins and Vogons to just have like, you know, a couple of things spotted around the joint. So it was like basically, yeah, it, it just made sense. That's yeah. good. And it's um, for, uh, Inside the cab, we've got a what dimensions that LCD screen? I big. Well, it, it, it's, it's basically the same as you'd use for a video pin, I suppose. Yeah. Like it just just almost one size. Had, like, it was literally like one I had lying around. Yeah, because yeah. the the old Pinball Two Thousand used to just project onto the back third. Yeah. How far down does that one go? It seems, all the way. All the way. It seems to be a lot. It is a trapezoid, so it gets because it rises. It's yeah. like it's smaller towards the front. So. It's basically sneaks inside the slingshots by the time it gets to okay. the, the flipper area. All right. Yeah. It's very clear. Reflective glass all the way through? Or? Just glass. Plain glass? Just glass. It reflects that The well. trick is matte black right. on, the, on the base. So, yeah, the, the, everything is through a tinted piece of perspex. Right. So all of the inserts come through that tinted piece of perspex that's on top. Okay, so not wood, more like a haggis type overlay? 
with the art no, underneath? It's it, well, there, there, it's there is no art. It's all black. Well, that's the whole the old idea. Of the the thing is the with the video, the video does the, the art. art. Wow, you can't tell. Honestly, yeah. you look at it, you see the moving images, and you think the static images are on the playfield. It's yeah. so freaking well done. Yeah. yeah. And you've done it on a timed game, so you it's, get a certain well, amount of life. No, no, it's certain amount. It's like a video game. So oh. you've got a life bar. Yep. Which like it recycles balls really fast. I know. So, <laughs> like you, you can lose three balls like yep. really quick, and and it's got like lightning outlaying. So yep. it's like I, I like the idea of a lightning outlaying. Like so you can and you've got ball save that you can build on those outlines but basically 10 lives you gain a life when you complete a mode or a multi-ball okay alright very video yeah. game yeah. very nice combination how'd you make the ramps I haven't seen ramps like that so uh, how do I describe them angle uh, grinder and a heat gun <laughs> what's it made out of uh, perspex perspex yeah, but but like, like, a mist- like a misted perspex that, then, you, then you start sanding it okay yeah, that gives so, that yeah, yeah. Okay. And then, like with overhead RGB lighting, it gives it that glow. Yeah. So, yeah. The, oh, and that's the thing with the Pin 2000. Like, what I didn't like about that game yep. is they just sprayed the back of it. Yeah, black. Everything. Yeah. Everything was just black. Yeah. And then it relied on the video. Yeah. I wanted to bring actual ramps and actual images and spot them in between all of the actual stuff so it, it looked more complete. Right. It looked more like a real game. All right. So, you've got the car door. You put your head in it, and you decide to slam the car door into your head by making a rotating pop-up a bank. Yeah. What the heck? Yeah. <laughs> First time I've ever seen that. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So yeah, the rotating pop bumpers. I I thought I was pretty clever with that. And it just <laughs> sort of it was it was something that would kind of work in that area of the game. Up the back, I, I don't have any in lanes or anything up there. There's no skill shot like on a plunge because there's no shooter lane. The balls just drop straight into you. Flippers. Yeah. And you flip it so on it from either side. So it's like, oh, well, I want something unique up there. I'll do this thing. You know, clever me, you know. Put that on pin side immediately. Like, within 30 seconds. Oh, yeah, Nags did that first. Like, so... there's And it's a bit different on Nags. It's the whole thing. Like, the whole... There's a really big, lazy Susan bearing, and it's got, like, five hot bumpers, and it moves really slow. So it's sort of like comparing a horse and cart to a, (laughs) you know... But we know there are no yeah. original ideas in pinball yeah. anyway. Yeah, it's been around well, so it. long. Like, you know, it's, Marco, Marco knows it all. Yeah. Like, so you, you, you go, make a video, you send it to Marco, so who's done this? And he'll yeah. come back and tell you. Yeah. 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 I decided I was going to make a pop bumper that went, came up and down through the play field. Yeah. Of course, that's been done in this instance. So everything was... Yeah. Yeah. I like that rotating. It adds a new dynamic. Yeah. Oh, it's, to it's what can that be Pop bumpers. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Not a pop bumper, love it. Now, yeah. what else featured? I'm trying to think. I've just played the game. What else is on there? There's well, uh, the, the dual troughs, which is like the main part of the game. Right. So, yeah. like, basically, you can shoot a shot on that game. So you shoot a ramp. The ramp goes up and goes into the subway. So the subway has like three entry points on both sides. Whilst it's in the subway, you can choose which flip the, the ball's going to come. So you shoot a ramp, and then you flip a flipper. It will come back to you on that flipper. Now you tell me. Yeah, now I tell you. Now I tell you. Yeah. Wow. So, um, and there's certain things as well, like there's a couple of gates on the top, which you can shoot the outer loop. If you hold your flipper as you shoot the loop, and it goes through the switch, it'll allow the ball to go all the way around. If you stab at the ball and don't hold your flipper, 
then it'll lock it in wow. to the same spot. Wow. So it returns the balls like so that with with the kind of like general five shots of pinball, like center, you know, loops, ramps, you know, whatever. Um, I think that you can make 18 shots with these two gates. So the way you go out the outer loop, come back in the inner loop, go all the way around, go up and go into the you know multiple start or whatever. So there's a whole bunch of yeah. Cool. And for the <clears throat> put my Uberdo glasses on. What sort of computer did you build in the back to run the whole thing? And yeah, what what language are you using? It's just it, it's like it's C plus plus and it's. It's um, just making it here. Okay. Because your background is in what? Electronics. Um, with the dabbling with computer programs. That, that's just something you had to do. It's like video. <laughs> like, I mean, I, you know, as, as a kid, I, I did all those sort of things like mates, which made power supplies. I made speakers. I made audio amps. I, you know, started playing in bands. So I did, you had to edit music and video. And then I kind of just got sick of like going around with um, oh, no. the games all the I said sorry too early. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So, back around that. Yeah, and I just thought, like, I, I got sick of playing in bands, and then I went, what can I do on my own? And he was actually shit, and they chucked him out. <laughs> yeah, I was writing a song, so, yeah. <laughs> that was bad. Yeah, to make the whole world sing. <laughs> hey, you that's, that's, Mike. <laughs> that's Mike from Hogan. Hi, Mike. <laughs> Always a <laughs> <laughs> um, But yeah, that's something you can do on your own. It's very time consuming, so it's a good hobby. Excellent. And yeah. gameplay, where can people go to watch it? Have you got a YouTube or um, Yes, um, Press Electrics. Um, at, like Homebrew on YouTube would do the trick. Yeah. So that's yeah. Thank you for spelling it. Never worked it out. Yeah. Chris Electrics uh, yeah. on YouTube. Basically. And Tricks, T R I X, on YouTube. On YouTube. Great. Thank you for that. Great well, chat. I'm going to go play some more. Yeah. So. so that was Andrew, who's just an extraordinary man that he made that thing from scratch, including the computer that's inside. Worked on it for eight years, and unfortunately, there was actually it was probably as big a line for that as there was for some of the newer games out the front, because it was just great to look at. Um, based on that Pinball 2000 projection onto the glass. Um, just a really good job. And you also had the battle pin next to it where you work your way through little objectives, which are very obvious, and it mentions all the organisers of Pinfest. So you get the McGuinness Trophy and the and the Rosignoli Award and all that sort of stuff. So, yeah, very nice, very well done to him. Um, and that's the only reason they didn't play it because of the queue. It was so incredibly popular that every time I walked up to it, it was about three deep. So. Yeah. Definitely wasn't for lack of wanting to play because it looked incredible. Yeah. And do you know what was interesting about the Jurassic Park pinball? Which one? Weren't there a couple there? That's the question. How many were there? I believe there were. Let me think about this. I saw the newest Jurassic Park, so I'm going to go with two. I think we had, well, actually, when I say newest, I mean... Out, at the, out in the vendor hall in the Sturm lineup, what was there? They did have a Jurassic Park out there, did they? Yeah, the premium ah. with the moving T-Rex head. Oh, 
I didn't notice that one. Well, I only noticed. See, this is how great Pinfest is. There's so many pinballs that you can't possibly remember them all. Correct. Um, I remember seeing the Data. Is it Data East? Or yeah, there was the Data East was there. Yes. Data East, and then the newest JP being Jack Danger's version of Jurassic Park. Jurassic. Yep, the pin Jurassic Park and. Jurassic Park Lost World by Sega was there too. That's the one I was thinking of, sorry, when I said Data East. Yes. <laughs> so they were all Jurassic Parks. All of That's them cool. there. <laughs> I don't remember seeing four. That's definitely news to me. See, yeah. again, far too many pinballs. Not too many pinballs, but all the Jurassics. Yeah, we. Great trivia. And did you get up on stage? So Lyndon bought some... Beautiful, old, from the 30s, 20s even, I don't know, original pins yes. to and displays with the um, schematics and blueprints from the old games plus the, the trinket cabinet and uh, it was yep. just, it was amazing to go up and see the origins of pinball. Definitely. And that's another thing that my friend, I brought quite a few friends that I've, you know, described as pinball curious, right? They're all people that think pinball looks pretty fun but haven't spent a lot of time around it. And, and I thought that would sort of be the stuff that perhaps they'd be less interested in. But they all had a blast up there. We played a lot of games um, of the, all, the old, what's it, is it, what's the flipperless with the little pins called? Airway. Oh, there was the, there was the airway. That was the one with all the little bumpers and springs. The ones that don't have any legs. The one that didn't have any legs on the table. There was, I just happened to have ba- Baffle Ball. It was Baffle Ball with the four large circles that you try to get them in. Yeah. And next to it was Fisty Cuffs. Fisty Cuffs, yes. Fisty Cuffs. That's a fun one. That's right. <laughs> Plunge and hope and nudge. Yep. Yeah, that was great. absolutely. That yeah, was that great. was a great display. Um, all my friends really enjoyed that. And Lyndon's just a great guy. I've been out to Nil to visit the Pinball Museum with a couple of friends and just had an absolute ball. Um, and that was quite a hike from Melbourne. So the fact that he came all the way to Newcastle and brought all of that with him is you know, a real testament to how much he loves the scene and the community too, because it's a long way away. Yeah. Um, and with such precious assets too, I can't imagine having the responsibility of looking after pinball yeah. from the 20s and 30s because I'd probably break them. So thanks, Lyndon. Very cool, as always, to see him and what he's got. It must be the centre of the universe because we had AMD as the major sponsor and they bought all their games, including Jurassic Park, which you remember. They even bought a premium Venom and I think that was made possible by one certain grey-haired gentleman that was wandering around by the name of Gary Stern, yes. who came over, who insisted that the factory make a premium Venom to bring to the show, which Michael air-freighted over and it arrived the day before the show started. So mm-hmm. basically everyone got the first experience at playing the Venom Premium. What are your thoughts on that game? I played one game and thought <gasps> I probably need to buy one. Um, which is hilarious because, you know, I, I've i never really held back about my impressions about games, right, and it's never intended out of any disrespect to anyone. I have incredible respect for all of the massive amounts of work and creativity that go into making a pinball machine, but I'm also quite frank about my opinions on them. Um, and when I first saw Venom announced, I just sort of thought, no, oh, whatever. <laughs> and then I sort of started watching one of the promotional videos that came out and didn't actually finish watching it because I sort of got bored so my expectations were really low and that's not through any fault of Stern's I guess but theme probably did influence that for me 
Um, had I known it was a Brian Eddy game, I might have paid a bit more attention because as anyone who knows me knows, I'm a diehard Shadow fan. It's my number one game and I have Mando. So what I love about Shadow, I'll try not to wax lyrical for too long, but I, one of the things I love about Shadow is the diverter ramps and the speed of it and the flow when you get it going. I didn't really experience a lot of flow with Venom because we only had one game, but I definitely experienced the speed. Um, and I understand it has some diverter mix as well. Not quite the same, um, but the speed is incredible. That that ball return mech that they've put in, I think it's really, really cool. It's very different. It's, I think a lot of people probably won't like it. I would assume that casual players may not like it because of that, but, you know, who knows? Maybe they will enjoy it. Um, but it definitely feels brutal, and I like that. I thought that it looked wonderful, it sounded wonderful, and I really enjoy what they've done with the levelling up and the video game sort of design because, as we've also talked about, even if you're a decent pinball player, I think I'm okay. I beat most casual punters. I'm nowhere near as competitive as someone like yourself, John. We both have Mandos, and both of us think we will probably never get to wizard mode in one game, right? So it's actually a really cool concept, and I think that it will help to bring people further along in these yeah. games, which is great when you're spending so much money on them. So, you know, maybe that will draw in more casuals to buying yeah. or playing a Venom. Yeah. Um, but long story short, I really loved it. I only had one game. I sent off an inquiry to Michael that night and said, how much is a deposit? Because <laughs> that was really cool. Yeah. Um, no, I had, a chat, I had a chat to Michael. Gary was very busy all, all weekend, and I couldn't actually <laughs> – get him aside for a chat but i had a chat to michael and he mentioned about the pro being stripped down but as you said the casual player is not really going to know all about choosing characters and the diverters and the difference so mm -hmm. this is what michael had to say chatting with michael from amd one of the major or the major sponsor for this year's pin fest and he has pulled off a coup it's always good to pull off a coup michael yeah. Not only bought Gary over, but bought Gary over with a brand new Venom Premium strapped to his back. Yeah. <laughs> it was uh, it was uh, a little bit hit and miss. We uh, we uh, had our doubts. We didn't think that the uh, Venom games would would arrive in time, uh, but we, we pulled every string that we had in our uh, arsenal, and and uh, and uh, we, we landed the games on Thursday afternoon. They were here on Friday afternoon. Wow. Yeah. But it's, it's it's not anywhere else in the world yet. I don't think they've even really started making them officially. No, not officially. And um, and I, I'm not privy to uh, uh, all, all the details of uh, how it came to be. We we were actually we actually asked for two pro models, um, and uh, then it was uh, we were advised that um, they had a pro and a premium available to us for this show. Wow. And I, I secretly think that Gary may have pulled some strings. <laughs> I mean, it's still his name on the building, right? Yeah. So, uh, yeah. um, you know, it went from two pros to a pro and a premium. I didn't argue. Right? So, uh, yeah, on a pallet in the box uh, and shipped over via air freight. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And I have played it. It is a fantastic game. Look, the, the response has been really positive. Yeah. Um, and thankfully, because it was a big effort to get the game here. And I, I, I must admit, the reaction to the release of this game has been soft. Um, reminds me very much of Stranger Things. Um, I'm not sure if there's a correlation between you know these titles and Brian Eddy, but just the reaction. I know because the, the, but they're always Brian's games have always proven to be fantastic. Just the reaction to it was very soft, and um, I'm hoping that uh, people's opinions will change as a result of this weekend. I love the quote that uh, the poor men did on their podcast last week, that said pinball people are always saying 
give us something new. Yeah. And when you give them something new, they go, yeah, yeah, not that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's that, that's that, that's that uh, Murphy's Law. You can, you can try to please everybody, but it's impossible. No, you know? But I, I really hope that this weekend is, um, is going to uh, provide... Uh, some, um, some, 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 some honest and uh, true feedback of the game. Yeah. yeah, no, it's good. It's uh, the feedback I've heard. The pros terrible because it doesn't do anything the premium does. Mm. The pros, again, the perfect pub game. Look, uh, pro for me has always been my my opinion of pros has always been the best value for money. Yeah, the best bang for buck and the, the perfect operator's game. It is. Um, yeah. Less to break, less mix to go wrong. The basics of the game are there. Here's your characters, shoot some shots. Yes, the shot don't change, but you don't need to in a pub environment. No, and, and more's not always better, you know, yeah. for an operator or for the casual player. I yeah. mean, you know, for an operator, there's more mechs, there's more things to go wrong. Um, and for the casual player, who's not necessarily world-class, they're not necessarily a competitive player, they just want to have some flipping fun. And um, a pro provides a good basis for that. And it's better value, in my opinion. You put yeah. a subwoofer, put some mirror blades, put some accessories on it and a topper, and it looks fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. And you're going to get your money back easier. Sure. If you flip it. Sure. Yeah, sure. No, it's great. But thank you again for supporting the pinball community in Australia. Oh, it's our pleasure. Drag and Gary out, pull Gary. Yeah. <laughs> uh, look, you know, we're 78, but you, some, um, you, look at, you look at Gary sometimes and you think, he, he, he's just—he's—he's just, a professional, right? He just powers through it. I know. He does the whole day standing up, talking to people, signing uh, bits and pieces. But I tell you, when he when he does slow down towards the end of the evening, we had a few glasses of wine last night. He falls down pretty hard. <laughs> <laughs> it's an early night for Gary. Oh right? mate, it's yeah, early yeah. night. Yeah. Good on you. All right, thanks, Michael. Congratulations again. Thank See you. Yeah. So there you go. You've been you've been justified in the fact that it is a complex game, mm. but there is the option for the casual player. If you've got a pub and you want to have a game, bang around the pro. It's still all the animation, a lot of the gameplay is there, and still a lot of fun to play. Yeah, I got I got a few games on the um, premium before and after people arrived and left. So a great game, great game, and, and I'm looking forward to. I said to Michael. If you don't want to take that premium back, I'll buy it now. But no, it's it's going to be their workhorse probably for the next three or four months until the premiums actually arrive in Australia. So I couldn't no take that one home. So is that the first pinball? Sorry, not first pinball. Is that the first Venom that has been played by the public? I think they had one at Clee Pin the weekend before oh, that's in America. Pretty close. I think so. And they're the only two that have been released into the wild that I know of. How amazing. Can I just revisit for a sec, John? I just want to go back to the fact that it's pretty cool that we had four Jurassic Parks in the <laughs> You know what's even cooler is the fact that we had five <gasps> iconic Segway. pinball people. Is this I an know. early segue? Um, and we had we knew Gary yep. was coming and we knew Mike was coming because he's been a long-term supporter. Yep. Of the show, we knew Damien was coming with Haggis, and he—that was the first reveal in the world of their new centre. Let's hear oh. what um, Let's hear what Damien had to say. We are relaxing outdoors in beautiful Newcastle, which is nothing like Melbourne. And someone who should know how crap Melbourne weather is is Damien from Haggis Pinball. How are you going? Good, mate. How are you? <laughs> You're loving the sunshine. It's actually quite nice. I'm wearing a T-shirt. I know. So it did get warm. We got into the 20s last week in Melbourne. So. Ooh, for how long? An hour? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> then I think it rains. And the best part is you got away on the weekend of the footy finals. So yeah, escape the crowd. Thank goodness my team wasn't playing this weekend so I could relax. Exactly. Newcastle event last year 
my team was playing in a final and they lost, so Ooh. I wasn't very happy. Oh, who are they? Collingwood. Oh, you poor thing. <laughs> You've got too many teams and not enough talent. Yeah, you're born into this, into this sort of, into that group. Oh, yeah. uh, no. All right. Well, you managed to, is this the reveal? First public reveal of centre? It is actually, wow. yeah. The prototype nice. games. It's got both the black and white and the colour one. Nice. So, and, absolutely. And no one will believe it, but it's true. When you see the colour one in person, it looks really good. It does. It, it's... And even people have said to me, they've gone up to play it and they've gone, this looks really, really good. And they didn't even know it was colour. And then they go back and they look at the two. Yeah. And then they realise there's colour there, but it's not overwhelming colour. It's not. I mean, he, Martin has had a design, as you know, managed and overseen that, and he's been very conscious of trying to stay in theme with what a colour playfield would have looked like if it had been made when the game was made. So it's had a very limited colour palette. I think it was 14 colours only in that entire palette, and, and it's very complementary. So you're right, it's quite subtle. <laughs> But when you get the time to look at it, and the thing about Centaur Playfield is, you know, the more you look at it, the more you see, and it's just, it's incredible. And the colour one, I think, does a really good job. Yeah, of, it's lovely, pretty, yeah. very nice. And I've also spoken to a number of people who played Centaur New in Box back in 1970. 81. 81, sorry. <laughs> um, they're old. But, uh, and they say it feels the same. So you've yeah. done a really good reproduction Thank there you. with the shots and the shot geometry and all that. Pleasure to play. I'm looking forward to, as you know, I've got the Fathom Home and Marty's Code yes. makes the game oh, so good. I'm looking forward to playing more of Marty's Code on Centaur to see what he does. Definitely. And it's, as he said, it's, it's almost four times deeper than oh. what he did for Fathom. So <laughs> Fathom was obviously a, um, his first foray into a game release with his rule set design on it. And so he's now, you know, doubled down on that. And uh, the Centaur 2.0 rule set is incredible. Ah, really good. Excellent. I saw yeah. it. And I see him up there beavering away on his laptop during the show. Yeah, Making well, improvements as you go. You're always working. It's, it's you're good. Always working. It's really good. And we had the, uh, a, love, a great moment yesterday with all the designers. Almost felt like you had to sit at the front holding the footy or the little, <laughs> the little board. We had David Hankin and we had Gary and Jack and yeah. Mike. Yeah, yeah, I would have and, been. And young Damien. Very much the baby of the group With the footy there. sign. That's right. Yeah, that was, that was good. I didn't realise Jack was going to, I knew Gary was going to be here. I didn't realise Jack no was going to be here. No one knew. And that's great. I just first time I've met Jack. Oh, okay. He's lovely. He's a great guy. I've had a good chat with him. Really good. So, have you yeah. played Godfather? I have not yet. Oh, too Always busy. the way with these shows. Any show I go to, I'm lucky to play more than two games. Sneak up now. If you want to yeah. do interviews, you can be up there playing. Well, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll let you get back to your family and to breakfast and to that. Strange designer you've got in there. Yes. There he is. He's still right. sitting there feeding his face. Thanks for your time, Damien. Cheers, mate. See ya. So there you go. There, uh, hopefully, Fathoms will be all finished by Christmas and Centaurs will roll off the line. Did you get a game? We had the, the Super I... Deluxe and the Standard. So we had the Finally. Color, black and white. Which one was the one on the right of the Haggis Stand? That was the black and white one. That was the Standard. Mm. And then on well, the I left. I got to play color. that. Yeah. So, okay, again, another – the problem with the vendor room is that everyone wants to play all the new machines and don't blame them, so there's a lot more queuing. Um, so it took me a long time to get on centre, but when I did, oh, my goodness, it's beautiful to look at. I've always found original centre quite hard to play because, A, vision impaired, and, B, it's black and white. It's just a bit harder to track the ball, I think, um, as stunning as it is. But the way that Haggis have put theirs together, it's a lot easier and just looks visually very beautiful. Um, not as beautiful as Marty standing next to it, but pretty dang close. 
Hi, Molly. I love you. <laughs> There's lots of cuddles going on in the Haggers booth. So many And cuddles. a lot of gin as well, I might say. <laughs> Not by me. I was very no, well behaved. No, you're well behaved. <laughs> Marty was being I surprised by his adoring public. Did you get to play the new rules? I don't think I played it. I... No, I don't believe they're ready yet, John. Oh, okay, that's probably why I didn't play it. I didn't well, even look. Well, they may be ready, but I don't believe they were in the machine. Ah. So I asked Marty that, and he said no. Oh, good. Um, I was being neglectful. That's good. No, you weren't neglected. Don't worry. That's that's good. You have to buy the machine to get the special rules, John. That's ah. what I have to say. Buy Haggis, made local, and but, get the special rules. And the surprise of the show was Jersey Jack turning up with yes. the Godfather. Ellie and Collector's Edition, I don't think anyone except Paul from Pinball Sales knew he was coming. But he was there in all his glory, sitting by his machine all weekend without a sign of jet lag. And I had a word to Jack, and this is what he had to say. It's a pleasant Sunday morning in beautiful sunny Newcastle, just at the end of our, or we've gone into spring, so we finished winter. What do you think of our winter? I'm here with Jack Maneri all the way over from beautiful downtown New Jersey where the weather may be slightly different. Although, I love it. So you know, this, this time of the year, it's like a handoff because your weather is exactly the same weather as we have right now. But come another month or two, uh, it's drastically different. So yes. I got, I got kind of lucky and I've never been to Sydney or this part of uh, Australia. And it's, it's nice. It's different. Um, Everybody's everybody's so nice here. Yeah, it's, great. it's a much more rural here and rural and relaxed than the big smoke. Yeah, maybe I got to get into the outback one of these. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Go, outback go, Jack. Go see. <laughs> they should make a movie. Yeah, or maybe they have. Maybe you know, they have. My nickname for so many years has been Jackaroo. Oh no. Uh, my friends call me Jackaroo forever. Oh, really? Yeah. A lot of horse that riding in like New a, Jersey. That means like a cowboy. Yeah, right? that's right. And yeah. the female, you know, the female Jackaroo is. Yeah. It's a, Jillaroo. Yeah, right. You got it there. Yeah. You're, you're all Australian up. That's great. Now, you're over here at, at a drop of a hat yet again yes. with another great game, Godfather. Yes. Thank you. Godfather. Thank you. It's gotten a great reaction. Oh, tell me about the theme. You may have hinted to me before you think of Godfather as a nice family game. Well, I, I you know, when standing next to Toy Story, which is a family theme, you know, Godfather is a family theme. It's just a different family. That's all. Uh, it's it's still a great representation of uh, the IP, and it's a fun game. It's very fast, and I'm just a little surprised that so many people here haven't seen any Jersey Jack games. Really? Yeah, I got that reaction from a number of people. Wow. I don't know. You know, I guess different places. Um, maybe there's not a lot of operators here, or maybe there's not a lot of on-location games. Uh, yeah, I, I would be interested in the stats of Jersey Jack games, what percentage go on location, what percentage stay at home, because I think people treasure your games a lot, the home buyer, right. to, to, to coddle right. Right. <laughs> rather yeah, than... Well, you know, I mean, there are a lot of money, everything's a lot of money oh, these cool. days. Yeah. You know, but there are a lot of operators that have our games, certainly. Yeah. And, uh, they're happy because typically on location they make a lot of money. I do. I put my Toy Story out. I kept it at home for one month and put it out on location for about six months. And it did very well. How's it doing in but the location? It, I took it home because I missed it too much. Oh, it's right. still doing well. I mean, it was doing it was doing gangbusters on location. But there's a new family restaurant that's opening up around the corner from me with a, like a diner theme. Okay. So I'm going to go see them and say, would you like this? And uh, yeah, I'll put it on location. It, it opens a lot of doors. 
commercial location. It does. It does. It's good. The um, and the future of the company is going gangbusters with a number of new hires, new yeah. uh, chief engineer, new designer, our good friend Mr. Ritchie. Oh yeah. Well, you know, his game will be coming out soon, mm -hmm. uh, which I think is going to be uh, really amazing. A lot of people are going to see uh, what Steve can really do when you let him do it and, and be on his, uh, on his best. And we're excited about that. And really, we're hiring all the time. So if we come across uh, really great, passionate pinball people, um, we, we welcome them to the company because that's... That's really what makes it go. And do you find with the move to Chicago, you're now working less? No, I don't find that. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's kind of the same, you know, at least, uh, you know, I get, I get out to Chicago uh, pretty much every month. Um, we do a lot of Zoom and FaceTime calls and stuff, so I'm connected and uh, I'm busy all the time, whether it's shows or whether it's doing everything that I'm involved with. And, keeps me busy. The day, the day passes, believe me. Oh, yeah. I bet. I bet. And the show itself. What do you think of the show? I love the show. You know, it's it's nice, it's nice and compact. Uh, there's a lot of games here. Everybody's really, the vibe is really positive. Uh, very good mood. Uh, you'd expect a pinball show. Everybody's happy. But sometimes you go to different shows, different places, and it's, it's not all happy. Uh, you know, but this one is. Everybody's... <laughs> And, and everybody was genuinely surprised to see me. I don't think uh, a lot of people expected me to turn up. You know, like, when, when did you get here? And when are you going home? Kind of thing, you know. Not that they want to get rid of me, but look, I, I left I left Jersey uh, Wednesday night, got to Sydney um, Friday morning, took a two and a half hour ride in a car to get here, um, where I couldn't even sit in the car. And then I'm back home uh, tomorrow night. Tomorrow no. night, I'm home. I'm home already. Oh no! So you know, when I told my some of my friends, I said, "What are you doing the weekend?" I said, "I'm going to Australia for the weekend." <laughs> what? But then again, I've gone to Las Vegas for the day. I do Chicago in the day sometimes. So it's sort of the same. Yeah, not really the same. <laughs> when you roll yourself up in a ball and you travel like that, and nobody wants to travel there with me with those with that kind of schedule. Like, yeah, people think like, oh, you must be staying in Australia a week or two, right? Yeah, sure, I'm staying. Yeah, a day or two. I, mean, <laughs> I remember saying to my wife, "There's a festival on in Texas. Can I go?" She said, "Oh, how long are you going for?" I said, "I'll, I'll leave." Friday and I'll be back on Tuesday. Yeah, <laughs> and I same, did. Same thing. Yeah. And you brought a bottle of port. I, I, I bought a bottle of port, introduced you to port for the first time. You, you had a bit, not as much as, are we allowed to name who grabbed well, the bottle? His first name, John. <laughs> John. Just John. John, someone who didn't know what port was, grabbed a glass, filled it to the brim, sculled the whole thing, and then just looked at me and went, oh. <laughs> and he went to so we found him sleeping under the game later on on the floor at the show. <laughs> it's by the empty bottle. That's the beauty of port. <laughs> <laughs> and a pinball show. Yeah, it's, it, they all go well together. Good times. All right, Jack, thank you. I'll let you get on with your morning breakfast. Finish off your hot chocolate. Thank you too. And we'll be back up there. Your whole family is into pinball and your, your daughter is quite accomplished. And yeah. It's amazing to just keep everything going That's on. That's it. That's it's it. Generation to generation. All right, mate. Good to thank catch you. up again. See ya. Yeah, so just so as you said, we had Jack, we had Gary, we had Damien, we had Mike, and we even had the legend, the man, David Hankin, turned up 
himself. And one of his games was in the free play room at the front, all but one. So, yeah. So that photo I'll put in the show notes of the five of them, six, all standing there happily together. Happily, I say, smiling. <laughs> it was it was just that will never happen again. It was incredible. It really blew my mind to see, to walk in and see Jersey Jack, Mr. Guarneri himself. Hopefully I'm pronouncing that right. Probably not. Um, but he's just a lovely man. He just radiates really lovely energy. You know, he's so polite and so smiley and so happy to be there. Um, and Godfather's a beautiful machine to look at. It was really exciting to get to play that too because, as you know, Jersey Jack machines can be even more elusive on location than um, New Stern. So that was awesome. What a treat. And then to meet Mr. Hankin, the creator of Dennis Lily Hauser, which, again, <laughs> I have talked about on my show. Just so cool. Really, really awesome people and amazing to have. Pretty interesting to meet, you know, five different people that have all made such a diverse and wonderful range of pinball machines and all have their own very distinct personalities. Um, and, but to have them in Newcastle blew my mind as a native Novocastrian. Like, everyone has their hometown bias for or against, and I tend to sort of go, oh, Newey, it's okay, you know, it's, it's an all right place, I guess. But the fact that we managed to get all those heads together in that room for a pinball festival makes me feel a little bit more hometown pride, actually. There's clearly something special about the place because never in my lifetime would I have expected to see all of those people together at a pinball event right here. So, yeah, feeling pretty proud. So apart from all the great guests and all the great machines, of course, there are great organisers behind the Pinfest. And I managed to have a chat to a couple, being Marco, we all know, and Brett Elliott, who was the one kind enough to invite us down, Jess. And let's hear from them. I'm joined by friend of the show, people say, because he's been on before. <laughs> Marco, so... I've got frequent flyer miles coming up. You've got frequent flyer sets here to start paying royalties. How is it all progressing as far as you're concerned and the organisation and the attendance so far? Oh, it was, uh, it was chaos, but uh, controlled chaos. <laughs> Organised chaos. <laughs> Organised chaos. It wasn't that chaotic. I mean, mm-hmm. you're like a duck, of course. Everything looked great on the surface. Everyone here was having fun. I saw so many and heard so many people playing pinball for the first time um, who were tilting and going, oh, is that a bad thing? <laughs> But generally, everyone have had fun. So on the organisational side, though, any crises to avert? Uh, well, well, we'll probably have a list of things to do. It felt like I, uh, we had a lot more to do this year, but um, we're trying to pinpoint what that was. Okay. We're going to have a talk. Have a talk to Chris and say, I feel a bit stressed on the Friday. Why? <laughs> <laughs> can you set it up? Can you please uh, write down some notes and see where we went wrong or... As far like as that. too many people or what? Uh, well, actually, uh, good point. I, we w- walked around the room on the um, during the session and we thought, that's it. No more. No more? No. Yeah. It's, it's, it was getting pretty hectic. Yeah. yeah. Like in, in the auditorium, it was, uh, we looked in there and it was, yep, no, nah, that's it. No more people. So I think it was 230 tickets. Per session? Per session mm-hmm. on the Saturday. And then the thing you don't have to, the thing you don't think about is 230 tickets, then 76 contributors. Then we tell contributors they can bring one of their, their, their family. So then that might be another 70. And then right. the next thing you know, you're up with 400 people. So you <laughs> In know, the room at once. Okay. Yeah. But it looked good. 
It looked like it looked like capacity. That was it. It's hard. Nobody you, complained. You I mean, just you just have to make it a four day uh, event rather than a two day event. <laughs> <laughs> you have nothing else to do. We start getting paid. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, I know the next charity will be, will be you guys. <laughs> yeah. No, I think it's very successful and it's gone very well. Oh, good. All right. Well, anyway, the brief word. I'd like to get back into Venom, which right, you're enjoying. Let's uh, head into another organiser who's done a bang-up job and has been responsible for the very kind invite that he gave to myself and Jesse to come down and experience the uh, loveliness that is Pinfest, and that's Brett. Well, I'd like to thank you and Jesse for coming along to Pinfest, and I know that um, listening to all of your podcasts within the past, a lot of people have, have mentioned Pinfest, but so I really wanted you to experience it. I know Jesse has been here within within the past, so first off, welcome um, as such. So I'm I'm one person of a, quite a large organising team, um, and we all work in unison to put on a show like this uh, takes a lot of effort a lot of time as such it's great i think it's come together really well any major problems that you've come across this year that you think you may have to change for coming years any problems um our ticket sales uh, went ballistic and we sold out extremely fast so some people only some might have been disappointed we made a slight change to pinfest by having an, another third room a breakout room with about six machines and also uh marco rossellini's timeline which is a great attraction for pinfest so the, the only concern or the only problem for me was just not being able to allow all of our visitors in um, because we're getting so so popular our visitors come from all over australia we have an international visitor just visiting and of course we do have our v vips as well for, for me no love love pinfest love what we do all of the work with charity it's a mecca for the pinball enthusiasts to come together from all around australia and of course the great work to what we do in supporting all those great charities problems no but that's being honest ticket sales selling too fast yeah What's the answer? Bigger venue, more days, <laughs> more uh, work for you. More work. No, thank you. Some of us work and some of our visitors uh, have said, why don't you run it for a week or why don't you run it for... So but, but the guys have worked. They've got other commitments as well. And we do have contributors coming from five different states of Australia bringing machines. The logistics and that is not easy. So sometimes bigger is not best. Mm. I don't, yeah, yeah, no. So we just got to get that right balance, the right balance of machines. So we could have fitted a lot more machines in. Uh, we were programmed for 104 this year. I think we're sitting at 102. We could have fitted a lot more machines in, but then it's the it's the comfort of our visitors, and that's what is important. Correct, correct, and it's very comfortable. I mean, busy, but not out of control busy, which was nice. Absolutely. Was and what's your highlight as far as games you've played? I won't say that I have a favourite here, but what I would say, I love it because other enthusiasts that bring their games along, I may never have played a Venom or I may never have played a, a Haggis Centaur or I may never have played uh, Pro Football and Old EM. And I think it's just fantastic that you have an opportunity to play all the different games as yeah. such. But but one highlight for me is certainly our, um, our vendors. Haggis and AMD, Jersey Jack, home bin, bringing the latest and greatest and just being able to see it firsthand and 
and play it. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah. They've done a great job with a great setup in that Vindal's room. It's just so good. All the ladies great and shinies. And they always look so much better in person than they do in the photos. Yeah, and yeah. it's it's great to, to see things hands-on. And um, I may be wrong, um, but I believe that that is the first reveal of Haggis centaurs the two centaurs and of course venom and we're so spoiled by having a pro and a premium as such here yeah amazing amazing great all right thank you for that get back to work keep looking after the public and we'll see you upstairs (laughs) and thank you very much Uh, enjoy your pinfest thank you and as we said another great part about getting together for a pinball show like pinfest is catching up with people that you only probably see if not once a year, maybe once every few years. Let's have a little listen to some of them. We're chilling out in the beautiful Newcastle sunshine with one Andrew, better known as Beaky, who used to be my mate up on the Gold Coast who then deserted me, went all the way down to bloody <laughs> Melbourne and left me alone with all these broken pins that I had to try to fix myself. How are you, mate? Good, mate, good. Well, at least you learned how to swim pretty quick. Yeah. <laughs> you left us. I remember the very first night you came over, yeah. I asked you to look at one of my pins. I think I had about six or seven at the time. You yeah. have a look at this. You said, yeah, you fixed it in about two seconds. And you said, oh, let me look at that one. Now that one. And I think about midnight or a bit later, you got out. Yeah. <laughs> my wife said, who was that? Yeah. I said, some really nice guy. That, charged me hardly anything to fix all my games in one go yeah and then we yeah you were up there for what we knew each other for about five or six years yeah and then you got lured to the big smoke oh yeah yeah pspa that first dragged you down yeah Yeah. pspa yeah yeah mark mark did yeah he brought me down there and um, i was doing some work for him down there and it just got more and more and busier and busier and then i picked up other customers and then just yeah there was just an avalanche of work down there. So. <laughs> That's so good. Yeah. And so what are you doing now? Me? Um, okay, I'm working for PSPA. I also work for um, Pinball King um, and also do my own repairs as well. So yeah, I'm uh, still doing the circuit board repairs, re- full refurbishing of the circuit boards. Now we don't just do patch-ups. You know. uh, I've got another fellow that works for me as well. Um, had, to, yeah, had to put on a Superboards. Yeah. That's Tell me it. about superboards. Superboards? Yeah. Yeah. Super? Yeah, that's super. Yeah, as in, we fully refurbish. Oh. Yeah, sorry. You, you take an old Belly Williams CPU board or a solenoid driver board or whatever and, yep. and Make replace them like, all yeah. the old and all those uh, bulging capacitors. Capacitors, um, <laughs> headers, um, give it a good clean. Uh, it was basically make it look like new and run like new again. Nice. Uh, so, yeah. Excellent. That's a, that's a labour of love. So yeah. your background is self-taught, if I remember. That's correct. Thank yes. God. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And pre-internet days, even. Yes. Yes. Wow. Yeah. I've been doing electronic repairs since I was, I think, 13 or 14. Okay. So, yeah. What, what job have you been given that stumped you? Any. Has any stumped you? Has any stumped me... Actually, yeah, one recently. Oh, good. Yeah, yeah, um, and it's it's a it's a one, it's an aftermarket Rotten Dog Gottlieb board. Right. So yeah, now I have to I have to learn their system all over again, and um, the schematics are just a bit bit hard to come by on on their boards. So uh, it makes it a bit hard to uh, yeah. I got I got to relearn everything that I've learned. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, that's it. I mean, like the original boards, you get a fault, you can say, oh, it's just this, it's this, it's this, you know, and just go bang, bang, bang. But um, because they've re- reinvented the wheel, you know, you've got to learn the length of the spokes again and how to, yeah. 
so that that's a good learning experience getting a whole new board oh, and yeah. the system. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And what do you think of the way pinball's going with modern node boards and non-repairable stuff? Tell you John, I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't like I it. Bet. I, bet. <laughs> I was having a, a discussion with, with someone else in the uh, industry yesterday about it as well. Uh, the problem is is with these node boards that have got um, you know, custom chips with, with software on them, basically, and uh, yeah, we, we, you're not allowed to re replicate the software because it's going to be a copyright issue. Um, well, what happens in five years when they stop making those boards for those machines? So we're, we're hopefully they will allow third uh, priority. You know, Third uh, parties to, to make the software yeah. for them, and well, so they're forth. no longer proprietary. That's yeah. right. Yes. It, it, if that if that is the case, well, wonderful, excellent. You know, because there's no use having a machine that you can't get parts for and yeah. is dead in the water. Yeah. You know, it's, it's no good for the industry at all. No. Um, Especially when the old ones are still going after 60, 70 yeah. years. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> We're yeah. supposed to be advancing technology. Yes. Not yeah. Back. Yeah. Right. But the, the thing is too with with the um, the modern machines, the circuit boards, of course. The, their businesses and they've got to make it as cheap as they can. Like they've got it there to make a dollar. They're not there to, to um, you know, <laughs> they're not there just for, for the hell of it. You know, so, that's yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you're in business to make money. So, um, yeah, and that's the way everything is these days. Everything's just disposable, which is, yeah. Cool. All right. All right. Great to catch up. You go on your adventures. We'll catch you in there for a few games. Yeah. Really. See ya. We're joined by Rawdon, who is a local who's been involved in Pinvest for how many years? Since its inception. Since it's, what's that, 12 years? Yeah, I think so. 12, 12 years ago, well done. Bringing games, I saw your games in there. So this year you bought Space Invaders and 8-Ball? That's right, 8-Ball Deluxe. Beautiful. Deluxe, yeah. yes. Make sure it's the Deluxe. Yeah. Um, and what an event. Are you happy with the way it's all run so far? Oh, it's fantastic. Yeah. It's yeah. a great venue. Probably getting a, getting a little bit too small. Like I'm thinking... <laughs> We could go for a bigger venue. Oh, yeah. I mean, this venue has everything. Yeah, but like I said to Marco, maybe you can have to run it over four days. The number of people that want to come. Yeah, yeah. Tickets sold out like in four four hours. So yeah. And the guest list of dignitaries yesterday. Oh, what everyone. a photo! So Who was missing? So we had no one. No. <laughs> no. I'm trying to imagine that Charlie from Spooky. Yeah, that's about the only guy you needed. Yeah. <laughs> as far as the bin and pack manufacturers, so we had Jack and we had Gary and we had David Hankin and Mike and. And Damien from Haggis, yeah. all in the one group. So I reckon it was a very special moment for Pinball. It was a fantastic moment. Yeah. Um, what's your highlight been from yesterday? Uh, I played one ball on the, the new Haggis Centaur mm -hmm. and just stared at Marty. You bastard. I've got to go now sell some machines. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think of the colour? Good. Yeah? yeah. Not so bad? It's very polarising whether you put the colour on the play field for Centaur or not. Well, it's funny you say, I looked at the colour, because I didn't realise it was colour to start with, and suddenly I looked at it the play field's wrong. <laughs> There's these balls in front of the orb targets. I had to go back to the over to the original to see if they were actually there on the original artwork, and they are. They are. You they just, they just totally missed those yeah. things. Yeah, yeah no, I think they're um, so But I won't be getting the colour version. I'll be getting the standard, yeah. 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 Like, it just, it felt like, like I played... Centaur, 1981, brand new out of the box. 14 year old. You can do it again. Yeah. But you're not 14. No. I'd like <laughs> still to. act like 14. I'd like, I'd like <laughs> That's cool. No, I think it's a great show. And uh, yeah, just the, the way it's laid out and the facility, very comfortable, very nice. Getting dinner was a bit of a problem. Yeah, so well, I went and had dinner with the Tassie boys uh, over at the Commercial Hotel about a 
one and a half kilometre oh, nice. walk away. Nice. The walk there was fine, but uh, yeah, walking back <laughs> took a bit longer. <laughs> a little less direct with the zigzagging. Oh, yeah. yeah. And it was uphill. <laughs> that's terrible. Mm. All right. No, that's good. Thanks, mate. All right. We'll keep having fun today. And I think the show's a great success. Thanks, Good mate. to catch up with you. <laughs> All right. And we are joined by, I don't know whether you've come the furthest. I think someone came from Adelaide, didn't they? I think so, yeah, over the years. So, so young Cliff from <laughs> North Queensland, Townsville. In Townsville? No, Mackay. Mackay, that's right. I think you were Townsville. Like, you're, yeah. you're hardly even North Queenslander. Yeah, you're just right. like a mid-Queenslander. Oh, well, we, we get it rougher than Townsville. <laughs> yeah. you know? competitions, I'll drive up there. Four-hour <laughs> drive. Four-hour four hour drive to so play a, All you folk on podcasts are going, oh, I don't really feel like driving an hour to a tournament. <laughs> He's driving four hours Oh, each yeah, way. four hours. Oh, that's funny. If, if, if I go for friends, if I drive, and then play, I go bad. Yeah. But if I'm a passenger in a car and play, I go really well. Ah, so well, there's the thing about that. When you get to sleep on the way, you get to sleep either way when you're driving up North Queensland. Yeah. The roads are so good, you don't need to look at anything. Oh, <laughs> the cars are better, that's all. Uh, I can say. And how many pin fests have you been to? Oh, this will be my fourth, I think. Wow. Yeah, only so four, yeah. Quite addicted to them. Getting addicted to them, yeah. 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 Do you fly in from up there or drive down? Oh, no, I drive. I bring a couple of games. So I bought Medusa now and oh. um, I divvy up with David uh, Porter, another fellow, a friend of mine. Yep. We um, get together and make it a, a, a pilgrimage. Right. Uh, Dave grabs a couple of games if we've got, you know, sales or selling and we want to sell something or, okay. you know, we set up some sort of deal with somebody. Oh, yeah, let's go to the Pinfest and you know, take them down there. So That's we nice. hire a van nice. and we throw the games in and we drive it 16 1700 kilometers and come down to the show 16 1700 kilometers that's yeah. not far yeah. <laughs> all up it's, about, it's about a 23 hour drive yeah. so we can oh. break it into two 12s or three eights you know three eight hour runs oh, that's complicated this is why you're good at pinball because you can do all this complicated maths <laughs> <laughs> and what do you think of the uh what's your highlight game you've played here so far oh i think um oh uh, godfather they okay. Got a, they got a 50 of CE here. Yeah. Um, beautiful. Yeah. yeah. Beautiful game. Did you understand it? Uh, no. <laughs> no. You just go for that. Shoot the pretty lights. The top. Yeah. <laughs> See if you can make the machine guns fire. Yeah, so, that's right. Yeah. And Toy Story. I was really yeah. impressed with Toy yeah. Story. I, I um, oh, the theme's not perfect. It's a me. great theme. I own the game. I love oh, the yeah. Game. I think you know, in the scheme of things, scheme of things, but, the theme's brilliant. You know, it, it brings the, the kids in and keeps yeah. everybody happy. Um, but I was really surprised with the shots in that game. The funny statement from Jack in his interview is he said, Godfather brings the families in, in America. It's it, it's a family theme. I went, really? Pack, pack of weapons. <laughs> yeah. Your family's interesting. Oh, <laughs> that yeah. Italian blood, I tell you. Yeah. No, that's good. But, uh, yeah, a good setup. So when do you head back? Is it just like a quick uh, trip around or? Uh, Monday morning. Okay. Yeah, we'll be, we'll be taking the pilgrimage back to Mackay. Okay. <laughs> and then my daughter's heading up to Townsville in November. Oh, November yes. November 17th. You've got a big occasion up there. on. Yeah. 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 Oh, so. I love those guys up there in Townsville. They, yeah. They're doing what they can for pinball. And yep. uh, AMD supports them really, really well. And uh, here? Yes, this absolutely. Good. Yeah. All right, mate. Well, it's good to catch up with you, and we will see you around the traps. Absolutely, John. Right, mate. See ya. See ya. Now, the drawbacks. I'm going to go through the drawbacks. Here's yep. those who are going to attend. Drawbacks are, number one, get your tickets really quickly because it will yep. sell out even faster next year. Yep. yep. Drawback number two, don't try to go down for dinner with a hungry girl next year. <laughs> you missed out on her chicken parma. 
because it was and like, who had to drive Dr. John to the nearest Porto for an emergency burger. <laughs> the I wouldn't know anything. Dinner's chicken that. burger. Yeah, the dining room. Wow, that was. Uh, and I, I did get to have something the next day, though, John, and it was not a bad bistro, I must say. Thank you. And thanks to Club Macquarie for hosting because yep. it's, it's a great venue. Um, and the chilli garlic prawns go off. Oh. In a good way. <laughs> oh, good. Yeah. <laughs> but the uh, yeah accommodation, again, books out really quickly there, but there are a lot of hotels around that area that you can stay at if you don't manage to get in there. And uh, for the regular pinball show attenders, another drawback there is a bar in the main room that seems to be open all the time. That's a drawback. Uh, <laughs> for some people. <laughs> no, we were well behaved. We were well behaved. But, uh, no, it was good. Great facility. Uh, but, yeah, so that's good. So they're pretty much keeping things on track. Don't want to get too big. Maybe the same numbers next year. It, I think it was manageable in that it was in sessions. So there was eight hundred over 800 people but not all at once which made it bearable as far as getting around and playing games. I don't know if you saw some of the commentary that occurred around this on Facebook, John, but someone popped on to the Newcastle Pinball Association page and said, you know, congrats on a great event, but um, really disappointing that it sold out. And obviously also everyone that represents the association is just exceptional. Their social media presence is really impressive um, for, you know, mostly a few generations above mine. So polite, always so lovely to interact with. And they basically just said, look, we would have loved to have you there, but unfortunately there's quite a few factors that go into this and the way we've structured it is for several reasons. Um, and I sort of added as well, you know, of course, we'd love to have as many people there as we can, but there's already a bit of queuing happening. And so some of the commentary was, why don't you just get a bigger venue? And that won't necessarily solve the problem because it relates to the amount of machines and the amount of people who want to play them. So do we want to devalue PinFest by stuffing more people in there and making them queue? And the answer is probably not because hearing from people like Lachlan and Spencer, you know, Locke's mind was blown by how much value for money he got out of that event. And we want people to leave feeling like that because, unfortunately, one of the biggest barriers to pinball for the casual player is the cost. It is a high cost of entry whether you're playing casually or you're trying to buy something for your home. So it's one of the best ways that you can get bang for your buck. Um, and I think that's a, it is a hard thing for them to manage because obviously the event's just going to get more and more popular. So I look forward to see how, seeing how the association will manage that. I'm sure they'll do an exceptional job. We might just need to get a whole stadium next year. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> well, as, as I said, you know, bigger space. And, and as you just said again, you, certain number of, there's a limit to the number of machines you can move mm -hmm. in that shorter time. But I think I've got a, a great balance uh, leaving people wanting more, making sure people buy early. The number of volunteers there was extraordinary. There were just so many shirted volunteers wandering around at all times. They helped people, made sure that they weren't hogging machines, trying to get multiplayer games going so things were moving through. I didn't hear any complaints of people saying that, you know, they were being shoved off machines or anything. Everyone had a great attitude. The other thing Jack said to me was it had a different feel than nearly every show he's been to. And I think part of that is they made the conscious decision not to have a tournament there, just to open it up to hopefully the less established pinball people. Yeah. So if you put a tournament, all the whopper 
whores will come down and fill the place instantly. So this way, no tournament, deliberately, so we can get people in who don't want to play a tournament. I mean, I even saw Richard Rhodes walking around the whole weekend with a smile on his face. He was tension-free. He wasn't <laughs> concentrating on what he had done right or wrong during a competition. Yeah. So I think that's a good move, having it tournament-free. People always say, why aren't you having a tournament? That's why. Opens it up to less established attendees. And, look, it might be the gateway for some people to get into tournaments, right? Earlier in my pinball journey, Ryan asked me, do you think you'll get into comps one day, Jesse? And I sort of went, oh, I don't really know. And I, and I did. But it wouldn't have been the very first experience I would want to have at something like a pinball show because it can be quite intense. So, agree. I think it was a wonderful format and nobody looked like they weren't having fun. I didn't see any bad manners. Well, I saw one example, but I'm not going to call it out. Nothing too egregious, though. Um, and even, you know, once when I was queuing for a machine, the fellow in front of me turned around and said, I know you're waiting, but would you mind if I just had one more game? Because I used to play this in the 90s. It was the old Simpsons. I used to play this in the 90s and I'd skate down to, you know, the local fish and chip shop or whatever. He had his skateboard under his arm, you know, pretty cool guy. And it's really nostalgic and do you just mind? And I said, yeah, go ahead because, you know, just communicate with one another, right? If you want to have another game, just ask. It's probably going to be fine. Then I got hustled off Toy Story by an eight-year-old. But anyway, (laughs) that's a different story. People were really good. Um, People were really polite and looked out for one another and that's one of the things that's so great about the scene. So, you know. Cool. Great weekend. Get your tickets early uh, on the Facebook page. Join the Newcastle Pinball Association page. They have all the details. Um, but highly recommended that you go. We had a ball. I might even bring a machine down, do the do the eight-hour drive next year and bring down a machine that maybe the Weird Al that they don't normally have there or something. So, um, Can you bring Alice Cooper, please, while you're at <laughs> it? You want to bring two games? Actually, you know what? They had an Alice Cooper at the last Pinfest I went to, which would have been 21. Okay. So we might already have coverage. But, yes, anyone that's listening to that might have a machine at home and is considering contributing to Pinfest, I would highly encourage you to do so because um, they're just wonderful folks to deal with and, you know, they take such good care of everything that happens. So if you're thinking of contributing, please do it. We could always do with more machines. Can we fit more in Club Macquarie? I think so. Um, But every contribution helps, every volunteer helps, every person through the door helps. So if you can get involved, please do. Newcastle wants you. That's my propaganda pitch. Was it a good one? That's a very good one. Very good. All right. I'll let you uh, go back to your half-eaten, sucked-on kebab there. (laughs) Still alive. So as Jessie goes back to her lovely, yummy Newcastle special kebab, I want to thank her again for joining me on the podcast. I want to thank Brett for inviting us to Pinfest, all the organisers, all those great volunteers, all the manufacturers and attendees that came along to Pinfest. It's a great show. Make sure you can go, as we've said, on every year. Just a quick plug for the Aussie Pinball Open, which is coming up in the first weekend of December, starting on the 30th of November, on a different uh, tangent, fully competition weekend, with some big whopper points for everybody, being held in Cool and Gatta at Twin Towns Mantra Resort. Hopefully you can make it then. And I'll leave you with a suggestion by Jesse, more her taste in music than mine, Eminem with his version of the Venom song. 
Catch you next episode. With shit for the strong willed. When the world gives you a raw deal, set you off till you scream, piss off, screw you when it talks to you like you don't belong. It tells you you're in the wrong field when something's in your mitochondrial. Cause it lacks on to you like. Knock, knock, let the devil in, malevolent as I've ever been. Head is spinning, this medicine screaming, lick, 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 medicine. It lick, lick, like a solid ball. Let your Allen Paul bedridden should have been dead a long time ago. Liquid Tylenol, gelatin, sneak my skeletons melting. Wicked, I get all high when I think I smell the scent of elephant. Manure, hell, I'm in Kahlua, screw it to hell with it. I went through hell with accelerants and blew up m m myself again. Volkswagen, tailspin, bucket matches my pal skin.